Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. It's the second week of Max Fund Drive, the only time that we ask our audience for their support. We'll talk about the Max Fund Drive later on in the episode, but make sure to visit MaximumFun.org slash donate and check out all the cool prizes you can get and all the contribution levels and become a member of Max Fund. This week, forced arbitration. Richard brings the case against his husband, Chris. They have a Japanese maple tree in their yard, and Richard loves it. But Chris thinks it's an eyesore. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. Orange Dream, Red Leader, Burgundy Lace, Little Princess, Bloodgood, Skeeter's Broom, Jerry Schwartz, Golden Pond. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, please swear the litigants in. Richard, Chris, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God or whatever. I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he prefers bushes? I do. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Technically, the Japanese maple is a hedge, actually. Thank you, John. I love it. And I hate anyone who hates it. Huh. Oh, am I prejudiced? We'll find out. <laughs> Chris and Richard, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. This is not a typical cultural reference. I'm not going to ask you to name the culture that I was quoting because I wasn't quoting any culture. I was listing cultivars of the Japanese maple. All but one of those is a cultivar of the Japanese maple. Can either of you pick the one that is not a cultivar of the Japanese maple? Do you want to hear them again real quick? Yes, please. Who was speaking just then? That was Chris. Thank you, Chris. You may listen as well, Richard. (laughs) Orange Dream, Red Leader, Burgundy Lace. Little Princess, Bloodgood, Skeeter's Broom. Jerry Schwartz, Golden Pond. Which one of those is not a cultivar of the Japanese maple? Chris, you're to hear that list again. What's your guess? I haven't heard of Jerry Schwartz, so I'll go with that. All right, we'll put that in the guest book. Jerry Schwartz. And Chris, you like the Japanese maple, or you hate it? I hate it. Okay, I'll put that in the guest book. Very good. And now, Richard, you like Japanese maples. You don't hate them like Chris does. I like them and know nothing about them. Oh, okay. So what's your guess as to which one of those cultivars is entirely fictional? I was going to say Jerry Schwartz as well. Well, you can't because Chris said that. Oh, dear. Okay, Skeeter's Broom. Skeeter's Broom. All guesses are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry Schwartz. Can you believe it? Jesse Thorne, we should have called this the obscure cultivar reference, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Richard, Chris, take a drink of water. We're going to start over. (laughs) I do John Fantasy Reports on the Sklar Brothers Sklarbro Country podcast from time to time where we do fantasy sports reports but about things that aren't sports. Yeah. And I did one for Rose Varieties once. Oh, nice. And it was basically, I just spent an entire afternoon making the longest list of the craziest names of actual (laughs) rose varieties, and it was really fun. I'll bet. I didn't have to make up any crazy names here, though. Jerry Schwartz, Bloodgood? That's a good one. That's one that I knew. Skeeter's Broom is a variant of the Bloodgood, which was one of the greatest sentences I discovered on the internet today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of course, Orange Dream, uh, Brooding Lace, Little Princess, A Golden Pond. 
They're all Japanese maples. The one that isn't, of course, Red Leader. Red Leader was one of the X-Wings in the Star Warses. Oh, God. If you were going to guess Red Leader, if you either of you had guessed Red Leader, I would have said, all right, so who was Red Leader in the Battle of Endor? And your answer would have been... Wedge Antilles, of course. <laughs> so now we can move on. <laughs> Poor Wedge Antilles. Okay, Chris and Richard, you live in Portland, Oregon. Is that correct? Yes. And... You are husbands to each other, and you have a Japanese maple that is a point of contention. That is correct. Richard, tell me about this Japanese maple. We've been living in our current house for three years, and we have a Japanese maple, fairly small tree, sitting right in the middle of, it's actually our front garden. Mm -hmm. And when we got there, Chris ripped up, I think, every plant in the entire garden, apart from the maple, and replaced it with plants he prefers. But the maple stands there still, and I love it. Chris is a little less fond of it. He says it doesn't fit in with his aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And he would like for it to be removed, preferably yesterday. So Chris, you had heard of Bloodgood. Mm -hmm. You had heard of Bloodgood. You mentioned that you'd heard of some of the other cultivars. You know more about Japanese maples than Richard does. And it sounds like you are in charge of the gardening in your home. Are you a gardener or a landscaper or a garden designer by trade? No, I wouldn't go that far. I do, I work at a plant nursery part-time during the spring and summer. Yeah, well, you wouldn't go that far, but that's pretty far to go. <laughs> it's, you, pretty, <laughs> it's pretty far. It's pretty far. Okay. You know your plants. Was I wrong about the Japanese maple being a hedge? I think it depends on uh, what kind. There are lots of different forms. Okay. Do you know what kind you have in your yard? We have a thread leaf which is one of the kind of weeping form. Mm -hmm. And why do you hate it so much? Why do you hate this beautiful tree? Well, in Portland, you can't turn around without seeing a Japanese maple. They're everywhere. Uh. So to me, it feels very common. Oh, it's a cliche. One of the reasons. <laughs> You're a tree hipster. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I, I hate it. I also don't like that for a good portion of the year it's bare uh -huh. and makes that part of the garden, which I think is kind of the focal point of the garden, empty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're in the Pacific Northwest. It's an evergreen state. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have bare trees. Not to be confused with the Evergreen State University. No, no never. <laughs> I have a friend who was rejected from every college that he applied to. <laughs> and at the last minute, he had to apply to Evergreen State. And his, the name of his college essay was, Why Evergreen? Why Me? Why Now? <laughs> and he got in. And then he transferred to Tufts. Okay, you have sent in evidence. I'm going to take a look at this evidence so that I can just focus my thinking. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're not driving, you can go to MaximumFun.org, the Judge John Hodgman page there, or our Instagram account at Instagram.com slash Judge John Hodgman. You can follow along as well. Okay, so here we have evidence submitted by Richard, the tree lover. <laughs> here is one of three in caption to the tree in winter when the leaves have dropped off something Chris especially dislikes. Now, what I'm seeing here, Chris, is kind of a corner yard on a typical Portland, Oregon street. And I see where you have ripped out all of the other plants 
and have replanted things that are more to your liking because I see a huge expanse of mulch and then like <laughs> dotted with little bits of plants that, that are going to grow and grow in and fill out that area, right? So setting aside the discussion of the skeleton tree that's hiding in the back, <laughs> what are the other plants you got going there? What are these shrubs and bushes? I don't recall exactly what's in that photo. I don't know if that's recent. You don't recall. I mean, I can tell you what's there right now. Oh, okay. Have you changed it since this photo was taken? I might have changed my mind since that photo was taken. Oh, sounds like maybe you're in the garden a little too much. All right. What do you got going right now? (laughs) I have a lot of manzanitas. Never heard of it. You could be lying. They're shrubs that grow only on the West Coast. Oh, all right. I have a lot of those. Message received, West Coast snob. <laughs> we should mention that we we lived on the East Coast for many years uh, before we lived in New York. And that whole time you were just dreaming about what would one day be your manzanita <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Right. You want to put all East Coast plants behind you and bury them in the earth. Basically. What else do you have? I have some strawberry trees. Strawberry trees? Uh-huh. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's not real. Strawberries don't grow on trees. Not on the East Coast. We're dumb, but we're not that dumb. <laughs> they will become large evergreen shrubs, I guess you could say. But they don't bear strawberries, do they? They don't. They bear a fruit that really tastes nothing like strawberries. I don't know why they're called strawberry trees. but Classic West Coast lying <laughs> shrub i think that's the work of some kind of evil arborist (laughs) pulling a sick trick on people at the nursery yeah Yeah, by the strawberry tree it's actually an evergreen shrub (laughs) that gives a fruit that tastes nothing like strawberry Mm -hmm. plant it right here next to your blueberry fountain what (laughs) all right i've never been gaslit by a tree before but (laughs) (laughs) all right strawberry trees manzanitas what else It's really a ton of manzanitas. I have a lot of different uh, cultivars of manzanitas. He's obsessed. (laughs) Do you have a gold leader? Do you have a rogue five? I do not. I'm looking up manzanitas and, oh, here we go. I want to take a look at these manzanitas. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's a... One of many species of manzanita, the common manzanita or white leaf manzanita. Mm -hmm. A little racist. (laughs) <laughs> it is endemic to California. It also gives a fruit, doesn't it? It looks like it gives a little, a weird sickly apple or a yes. poison tomato or something. <laughs> the bark on the long crooked branches is reddish. Sounds gross. <laughs> the fruits are white when new and turn red brown. Yuck. Well, good. I guess, you know what? You like what you like. And you like weird West Coast plants that thumb their nose at the East Coast that you left behind. Why did you guys move to Portland? And how long have you been married? And where are you in your lives? We've been married since 2014. Uh, We moved to Portland just around New Year, 2015, 2016. Why did you move? We were getting a little little tired of the area we lived in turning into a playground. Right. For influencers. Oh, you mean playground for, not for children, children? No, not for children. That would be fine. For uh, cool kids. Cool children with Instagram accounts. Yes. So we moved to Portland. Oh, yeah, sure. There's no one like that there. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Richard, do you think that there's something to Chris's shedding of all East Coast plants in his life that is affecting his dislike for this Japanese maple? 
You know, that's a very interesting point. I had never I know. thought of it that way before. He certainly has, you know, shucked off any vestige of East Coast arborism, that's for sure. And obviously the Japanese maple, I mean, you guys probably walked around Brooklyn a lot and saw quite a few Japanese maples. You probably, maybe you saw one in my yard. Oh, maybe. <laughs> you know, they're basically called the John Hodgman tree in Park Slope. <laughs> <laughs> they are something of a cliche. But they're lovely. They are lovely. But Richard, you can yes. look at this photo, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this photo shows, I think you took it, right? Uh, yeah, I did. So Richard, you took this photo. It's a bright, sunny day in Portland, Oregon. And you have this, you would think it is a dead tree in the middle of your yard. Now, a Japanese maple is beautiful. How would you describe it, Richard? How would you describe the beauty of a Japanese maple? I see where you're going. I, I guess I would first refer to the fiery colors, uh, which I really appreciate. Yes. Our one is a particularly deep red wine color. Honestly, I submitted the winter photograph because I think it's still beautiful in winter. I mean, look at those branches. You know, they're so complicated. It's so gnarled and strange. I mean, I think it looks really good. It looks like it's about to do some kind of tiny haunting. (laughs) (laughs) A shrub scale, creepazoid something. (laughs) Listeners, if you're not in a place where you've seen a lot of Japanese maples or you don't have a yard of your own, which is a lot of people, you can just go on to the next photo in the evidence that Richard submitted to see a Japanese maple in full leaf. And they are these beautiful wandering limbed trees with very variegated little branches. How did you describe the leaves, Chris? Threadleaf. Threadleaf. So these very delicate leaves that take on all different hues of red and orange and deep maroon and deep wine color. This is a beautiful colored tree. And it's very striking to see a Japanese maple with its usually the dark color of its trunk, and then these deep red and maroon leaves. It's a very striking looking thing. And here you have a nice dog sitting next to the tree. Is that a dog that you own or, or is that something else that Chris hates? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, a, that's his favorite dog. That's Walter. How many dogs do you have? Mm, three. Oh, all right. I'm sensing a bargain coming here. <laughs> Richard, is that too many dogs? Sounds like it, right? I, I, I'm crazy about all of our dogs, but the the last one was a guilt trip acquisition. Yeah. What's the last one's name? Casper. Casper, the least loved dog. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, did you guilt Richard into getting a third dog? No, I did not. It was it was a third party. A third party guilted you? Yes. Casper is Walter's brother, and uh, they were adopted together, and we kept in touch with the owner and shared photos. And then at some point, she declared that he was devastated without his brother. So, Oh, so you took Walter and then Casper started pining. Yeah. And so the person you took Walter from said, now you have to take Casper as well. Yeah, basically. But it turned out to be completely wrong. He, he's just a kind of mopey dog and he was just pining for, I don't know, sweet embrace of death or something. He's just got a bad attitude in general. He doesn't care about Walter at all. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> he was pining for the sweet embrace of death or something. <laughs> Either that or one of those liver treats that they like so much. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the former. Okay. <laughs> Six of one, half a dozen of the other. I sense a King Solomon compromise coming here. You allow the tree to go. Richard, in exchange for Casper getting 
<laughs> I, lo- I love Casper. Kicked out. <laughs> I think Casper is Richard's favorite dog. Really? Yeah. yeah, he won my heart. Well, that's very nice. You have a dark heart, though. <laughs> you think it has a bad attitude and it pines for death and is your favorite dog. I'm learning about you now, Richard. <laughs> Let's take a quick recess. We'll be back in just a moment on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step-by-step, day-by-day, bird-by-bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Court is back in session. Let's return to the courtroom for more justice. You know, the Japanese maple, even though Chris will tell you it's a cliche, 
It's a beautiful tree. It plays a big role in Japanese decorative arts and in ancient Japanese painting and drawing and poetry and life. And going maple hunting, Mamajigari is a big season in Japan when people go to Kyoto and other places where they have lots and lots of these and they change into all different kinds of colors. It's the equivalent of leaf peeping in Vermont. It's a beautiful tree. Do you disagree with any of that, Chris? It's beautiful. It's intrinsically beautiful. I don't disagree. Right. But you just hate it because it's... In my garden. It's in your garden. Oh. (laughs) Do you not share this garden or is it just your garden, Chris? (laughs) Well, I think it's fair to say that I do all of the work in the garden. Mm-hmm. The, the grass might disagree. Other than mowing the lawn, <laughs> Thank which you. Richard is very proud to, to do. Sure. Yeah. I can see a bit of, uh, in this third picture, we now see the Japanese maple sort of in mid, mid-decline. It is not in full crimson leafy bloom, but is kind of it kind of looks a little molty and it's been pruned, I guess, is what's happening here. Yes, it had just been pruned, I think. Yeah. Who pruned it? You or Chris? Uh, Chris, I did. Yeah, right. Yeah. Chris, did you did you prune this tree specifically to make it look like a wreck? Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like a sad, frousty, unsheared sheep on the side of a Scottish road. <laughs> looks terrible. <laughs> that, that wasn't what I was going for. No? Chris, Chris thought that pruning was his trump card. <laughs> The fact that he prunes it. Yeah, well, you don't... Look, I have a Japanese maple in my life, and I've not pruned it one time, and it's doing great. Why did you prune it? This one turns into... It it looks like a (laughs) snuffleupagus, if you don't thin it out. Gotcha. So, Chris, since this is your garden, and you do all the work in it, what would you propose after you kill this tree that you put in its place? Honestly, I haven't thought too much about it because I haven't imagined it gone <laughs> or imagined that possibility. Mm-hmm. Something evergreen, perhaps a eucalyptus. What about a Western banana shrub? <laughs> what about a West Coast coconut vine or any of the other completely fictional plants? Right. <laughs> <laughs> eucalyptus, you say. Richard, what do you think about a eucalyptus tree? Uh, I think we're all set on the eucalyptus front for now. (laughs) (laughs) How many do you have? We have three. Oh, interesting. They, John, originally intended to have two, but... (laughs) 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 The second one had a brother? Yeah. (laughs) That's my favorite. Are you guys the same age? Uh, Not quite. I'm 44. Chris is 36. Well, very close. I mean, once you're once you're in that range, I was trying to get a sense, Chris, if maybe I am closer in age to Richard. I'm 47, and to me, a Japanese maple is the nicest thing in the world. But now I'm starting to wonder: is that a, like an old man's tree? <laughs> maybe, maybe Chris is like Ugh. Japanese maple. What am I? 44? Come on, <laughs> eucalyptus, Dad. Sorry, John, I missed that. Can you say that again? I, I was just. I was looking at pictures of eucalyptuses on Snapchat. Another influencer (laughs) who's deep in eucalyptus Twitter. (laughs) It doesn't sound like you have much of a plan to replace this tree, honestly. He's focused on the murder for now. Yeah, I haven't wanted to, I haven't given it much thought because I 
it's hard for me to imagine it gone. <laughs> you you certainly refer well, to it often enough. It's hard for me to imagine it actually happened. How often does he complain about the tree? Oh my god. It's definitely weekly. Oh. It depends when he's working in the nursery, whispers are, you know, into his ears are coming so he can tell him to get rid of it. The the his plant buddies are completely on board with this. Oh, he has plant buddies. <laughs> First I thought you meant that he was hearing voices. But you're talking about actual human beings in the nursery? No, he's or... talking about talking to plants. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, we're talking about people. Okay. So, Chris, when you go to the nursery, oh, you're hanging out with your cool nursery friends. And they're like, you still have that Japanese maple? Oh, my gosh. You've got to kill it. Are you under peer pressure to get rid of this Japanese maple? No, I don't think so. But you come home and you say, you make jokes about killing it? Yes, that's correct. Yes. Oh, yeah. I've been given some su- suggestions on, on how to kill the tree. What? Such as driving copper nails <laughs> into its trunk. Whoa. Not only thinking about getting rid of the tree, you're planning a murder. <laughs> driving copper nails into the trunk. What other ideas? I thought you were making jokes. But you're actually writing a, a seven notebook. These, <laughs> these are homicidal ideations. I think they I think they count as jokes. I wouldn't actually do that. If I found in your favor and ordered you to kill this tree, mm-hmm. how would you dispatch it? I would call Brant, my next door neighbor, and ask him to come over with his chainsaw. Oh, okay. So you're not gonna torture it to death with copper nails. No, it would be quick. So how do you feel when Chris comes home, Richard, and, and is talking about getting rid of this tree? First of all, I think it's crazy. That tree is old. It's probably been there for 50 years. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's an old man's tree. It's an old, old people's tree. I mean, <laughs> it's quite possible. It's so out of style. It's like 15 seasons ago in tree fashion. Well, the person who sold us the house was extremely old, so you, you might have a point there. Oh, interesting. John? We got to wrap this up pretty soon because uh, me and Jen are millennials and we're going Yukon later. That's checking out cool <laughs> eucalyptus trees. Uh, oh, I can't allow this Japanese maple to be killed on a whim just because Chris wants to be young all the time. <laughs> Is the tree hard to maintain? It should be pruned once a year. Mm-hmm. And it took me... You know, I would say a good six or seven hours to uh, do what I thought was a good job. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be the judge. It's fine. (laughs) Maybe Richard could do better. Maybe if Richard loved this tree so much and he did it and took that burden off your shoulders, would you feel better about the tree or would it still stick in your craw? It would stick in my craw a little less. Richard, what do you think about that as as a solution? Hmm, not a big fan of gardening, but... Well, then maybe you don't have a say about what kind of tree you have in your yard. (laughs) It's our house. It's not just his. Yeah, but one of the tenets of the Judge John Hodgman show is that the person who does the work makes the choices. If you load the dishwasher, then you know how to load the dishwasher correctly because you came up with the idea. If you're driving, then you pick the music. Oh, really? Oh, my God. That settled a very, very big dispute between us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. First time listener. Fantastic.
You're going to love it. Go to MaximumFun.org slash donate to support us in the future. You're going to have a great time. It's like a comedy judge show, but the judgments are actually actually kind of real and surprisingly wise. <laughs> and for some reason, that guy from NPR's Bullseye is on there. <laughs> it's a great show. You're going you're gonna to really like it, Richard. No, I mean, that, that is settled law in this fake courtroom that the person who puts in the labor gets to make the hard decisions. So by rights, since... You know, you mow the lawn, but you don't work in that garden. And Chris is actually a garden professional. It would be the inclination of this court to let him have a a free hand and a murderous green thumb in his own garden. <laughs> what reason would you offer that I should not order in his favor? I mean, the only thing I can say is that this is our house. There are some things that I do that Chris does not do at all. So let's take, for example you know, DIY, anything anything that needs a screw gun, basically. And, you know, I put up some hooks uh, recently. And the idea of me putting them up wherever I want because he wasn't the one operating the screw gun seems kind of unthinkable to me. No, nope, but I would think that that's fine. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of my little mind, for sure. <laughs> but, I mean, is that a point of contention between you and Chris? Were you putting up hooks where Chris didn't want them? No, I solicited his opinion, and we both decided where they went. Well, okay, but for the time being, Richard, mm-hmm. Chris is not out there driving copper nails into the into the trunk of this Japanese maple, right? A, because he doesn't know how to do it. You're the handy person around the house. But B, because he's not going to just go ahead and trash this tree because he knows you care about it, right? I guess you are correct, although I will say that when a friend came to our house and remarked on how beautiful it was, he said that they could have it if they could get it out of there. Chris, is there is that a possibility of transplanting it? Because I wouldn't want to just kill a tree for no reason, unless it was trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I I have my doubts because it's growing against what used to be a pond, uh, which you can't see in the picture because we've filled it in. No, I can't see the <laughs> pond in the picture. We filled it in, but but the wall of the pond is still basically right up against the trunk. Who filled in the pond? I think that was a both of our decision. Why did you fill in the pond? How big was it? It was pretty big. I would say what ten to twelve feet long. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! 
Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. What was in that pond? Uh, A lot of mosquitoes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea, I guess. Got to keep that water moving. (laughs) Yeah, it was also painted. The concrete was painted blue. It looks pretty tacky. How long do you think you're going to live in this house? That's a Mm. great question. I know. I asked the good ones. I mean, I, Chris has said that the only reason he wouldn't want to move is he wouldn't see his plants mature. That's the only reason he's staying in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, I, I would expect us to be in this house for at least another five years. Okay. I mean, until the young people who like to take pictures of themselves make it to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, it is a consideration because you guys have proven that you put down shallow roots. You're able to move when you want. Five years. I mean, here's the thing. Japanese maple may seem like a cliche to you, Chris, but they're very attractive to home buyers. They're expensive trees. Mm-hmm. You tear that out and you put a third eucalyptus in. Eucalyptus is a weed. Sorry, kids. Come at me, teenagers. <laughs> Just a consideration. Just a consideration. Sure. So, all right. So, Chris, if I were to rule in your favor, what? Kill the tree? Relocate the tree? Give you the option? I would be happy to relocate the tree if someone who knows better came and took a look and said that was possible. Otherwise, I would just cut it down. (laughs) And, Richard, if I were to rule in your favor, obviously not cut it down. Right. Any other restrictions that you would like me to put on Chris in terms of his joking and references to getting rid of the tree? You know, I can live with those jokes if I'm safe in the knowledge that the tree isn't going anywhere. Got it. How does it make you feel when he talks about killing your favorite tree? It's a little baffling. We we usually... Chris is a very cooperative consensus type person, but he's so adamant about this, it's, it's confusing to me. What do you think's behind it? I guess he really feels strongly about his plant aesthetic, really strongly. Chris, Richard said that you're normally a very cooperative person. Is it the case that you live entirely under Richard's thumb, (laughs) that he bosses you around? No, not at all. And that this tree is your opportunity to finally throw off (laughs) his maniacal control because you don't know how to operate a screwdriver or whatever, and you need him in every other part of your life. But when you're in your garden... It's your one place to be alone and in control of your life. Isn't this what's happening? Is this the crux? No, I wouldn't go that far. Ooh, no. How far would you go? Because when I asked you <laughs> if you were a professional gardener, you said you wouldn't go that far. You only work in a nursery. Well, first of all, I do know how to operate a, a screw gun. Mm. That's not what I hear, sir. That's not what I hear. I don't even know what a screw gun is. 
Yeah, I don't think that's real either. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it, it is mostly about the aesthetic. Yeah, no, wait a minute. You're not answering my question. <laughs> How f- Who's in control in this relationship? Is it equal? Is it more you or is it more Richard? I. Th- You're under fake oath. I think it's equal. Genuinely equal. Otherwise, I would have cut it down already. Yeah, because you care about his feelings. Right. Richard, what's a screw gun? Oh, you know, it's the... No, I don't know. (laughs) I know what a screwdriver is. Are you talking about... I know what a nail gun is. It's a cordless screwdriver. I mean, that's what... Oh, okay. Some people call it, I think. I've never heard that in my life, but it's probably true. I mean, the West Coast, they have different names for everything there. (laughs) Strawberries grow on trees. It's completely upside down land. (laughs) All right, this is a difficult one. I'm going to go into the chambers at the center of my hedge maze, and I'll think it over. I'll be back in a moment with my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Richard, how are you feeling about your chances? A lot, lot worse than I was when I before I started this. I'm a little concerned. Why is that? Just uh, because of the argument that because Chris uh, does the gardening, that he should get to do whatever he wants in the garden. That could be problematic for me. Can you think of any crazy home renovations you could do <laughs> if it came to it? I mean, I, I guess I could get that pond back. <laughs> Chris, how are you feeling about your chances? I feel slightly more optimistic than I did when we started. I don't feel <laughs> quite as villainous, I guess, as... <laughs> Some of our friends have made me out to be. Chris, who are your top three plant buddies? Three to three to one, starting with number three. <laughs> First name only, please. <laughs> I can't rank them, but I'll I'll choose my three coworkers, Paul, Greg, and Brandon. Oh yeah. That's number three, Paul. Number two, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> number one, Brandon. We'll see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about all this when we come back in just a second. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom and presents his verdict. So, Chris, I couldn't help but overhear from my chambers in the center of my hedge maze that you felt less like a villain than your and Richard's friends make you out to be. Well, I'm here to tell you you're wrong. (laughs) you're a straight up villain walking around talking about putting copper nails in a tree just to kill it you and your plant buddies coming up with tree killing schemes just for the lulls yeah just for the lulls trolling your beloved with dank tree killing memes just for for fun (laughs) This is a living thing. I know you don't like it. I get it. And this is a serious consideration because it it speaks to a lot of the settled law of this podcast, that people like what they like and people don't like what they don't like. And if you're out there in that garden and you're seeing that tree every day and you just don't ever want, you just can't. There are two young people who live in our house. There are our children. And our daughter, when she was very, very little, you know, was just learning to talk 
and and she was eating food and we gave her some broccoli soup and she said, I can't like broccoli soup. And I always think about that because there are just some things you can't like. Not even that you don't like. It's like, I can't like it. I cannot like this broccoli soup. You can't like that tree. And it is, to a certain degree, cruel and unusual punishment to make you tend to it. (laughs) Given that you dislike it. Given that it does not speak to your West Coast aesthetics. Given that it sheds its leaves and embodies a change of season the exact thing that you hoped to escape when you moved west, given that it stands there, its dead, creepy limbs intersecting and entwining, reminding you that we are all mortal. (laughs) That is the great (laughs) gift of autumn. Reminding you that it is not always a temperate, beautiful day in Portland, Oregon, but the time moves on. And we will eventually die. And this tree will outlive you, probably. That's, a, that's not something you want to see. I can see why you don't enjoy it. The tree will outlive you. And you're mad at it, so you want to kill it first. <laughs> I get it. Richard, Japanese maples are beautiful, but they're a very specific kind of tree to have. They really have a very distinct look. They look like Japanese prints. They're so entwined, right, with Japanese design and culture. And it, like, it makes me feel like in the 80s when I was reading Frank Miller Wolverine comic books and they were always in Japan. This is an 80s tree, <laughs> right? You know, it's an 80s tree. And Portland can't stand that. Portland wants to be up to date. That's why Portland looks exactly like it's 2009. <laughs> And you're not pruning this thing. You're not taking care of it. I honestly feel that the settled law of this court has to stand, that the person who is doing this gardening gets to decide. You mow the lawn, Richard, and your territory ends at the edge of that lawn. (laughs) And by the way, looking at your evidence, you need to get your mower out there a little more often. And Chris does the gardening. He has the interest, the passion, the expertise. And even though he's got some bad plant buddies egging him on to do bad things, he has resisted so far because he loves you. My inclination is to rule in his favor and let him get rid of this tree, except I cannot order. This court has no capital punishment cannot order the death of a living thing that is causing no harm just because someone doesn't like the look of it. Chris might as well be asking me to order you to dig up that pond, fill it with water and throw Casper in there because he's got a bad (laughs) attitude for a dog and he's tired of him. It's a dark, that was a dark turn. No way am I allowing you to put copper nails into this trunk or to just saw it down for no reason. This is a living thing that causes you no harm. You are a gardener, sir, not a plant murderer. Gardeners have to make hard decisions, I realize. And if the tree were sick, get rid of it. You know, do what needs to be done. 
But it is on you, Chris. If you do not want to have this tree anymore, you have to find a home for it. You have to find out if it can be transplanted and you have to find someone who will take it. And then you can put in your junky eucalyptus or whatever. <laughs> but if you can't, then it is your gardener's duty to help it to thrive. And if it is proven that you can't transplant it, then Richard, you got to get out there and prune that thing. Come on, Richard. You got to be part of this. Just because you're going around hanging up a few hooks doesn't mean you're off the hook for taking care of your favorite tree. I am ruling in Chris's favor with the caveat that he may only transplant the tree if that is possible. And if that is not possible, the tree must live and thrive. And Richard, you have to help instead of just observing it from afar. You guys are in this together and you're adorable together. So I wish you and Walter and Casper and dog three and beautiful tree and strawberry tree. <laughs> and what's the other one you had? Eucalyptus one and two and oh, and all your manzanitas. May you grow and flourish together unless you can dig out that tree and give it away. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Chris, how do you feel about his decision? I feel good. It was a long pause, Chris. <laughs> I think it's a good compromise for uh, assuming that that we can't transplant the tree. I think it's a good compromise that Richard needs to do the pruning. Richard, how do you feel? I'm a little concerned. I do think Chris will probably move heaven and earth to make sure that it's transplanted somewhere else. Do you think he's ready to go down to the big box store and rent a backhoe? <laughs> I mean, if that's what it takes. <laughs> Chris, are you ready to go to the big box store and rent a backhoe? I'm not quite ready to do that. No. Hand tools only? <laughs> Richard, Chris, thank you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Another Judge John Hodgman case in the books. Before we get to swift justice, we want to thank Anna Oakley for naming this week's episode Forced Arbitration. If you'd like to name a future episode, go ahead and like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook. We put out calls for submissions there. Follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. Hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets, hashtag JJHO, and check out the Maximum Fund subreddit to discuss this week's episode. That's at MaximumFun.reddit.com. We're on Instagram at Judge John Hodgman, where you can see some pictures of this beautiful tree and uh, the beautiful dog that likes to rest underneath it. Make sure to follow us there for evidence and other fun stuff. Don't forget, it's the Max Fund Drive. You can go to MaximumFun.org slash donate to become a member of Maximum Fund or upgrade your membership if you're already a member. And to every single one of you who have done one of those things, our deep and heartfelt thanks. I also say thank you. Jen, are you in on this? Definitely. Thank you, everyone. That's three heartfelts, though. We're not sharing one heart. Like, each of us is heartfelting our thanks. I only have two-thirds of a heart. I sold a third of it in my early 20s. I was just kind of hard up for money. and Sure. No, it, ha it happens, of course. <laughs> And listen, everyone, within the sound of my voice, if you're selling organs to get by right now, we don't need your money. 
Yeah, even partial organs. Take care of yourself. This week's episode recorded by Houston Gastelum at Rex Production and Post in Portland, Oregon. Our editor this week is Hannah Smith. Our producer is Jennifer Marmer. Now, Swift Justice, where we answer your small disputes with quick judgment. Leah says, My husband believes the first drawer in the dresser is the bottom drawer. Please tell him how wrong he is. The first drawer is clearly the top drawer. Wait a minute. He's saying that the first drawer is the bottom drawer? Yeah, he's saying first from the ground. She's saying first from her eye line or the top. No, no, no. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, Leah's husband. Everyone knows. The bottom drawer is the ground drawer. The second drawer up is the parlor drawer. And the, <laughs> the top drawer is the first drawer. <laughs> Wait, is this a system that you learned watching <laughs> British imports on PBS in the late 70s? I don't mean to brag, but I'm a subscriber to Acorn Video Service. <laughs> Watch a lot of upstairs, downstairs. Honestly, your husband is wrong. You should stop saying such things. The top drawer is the top drawer, then middle and then bottom. That's it. You don't have to number them. They're not ranked. They're just in a different position. That's about it for this week's episode. Submit your cases at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO or email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. No case is too small. We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. See you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.